0: many of you know what Power Up Clubs, but in case you don't know what Power Up Clubs are, uh, Power Up Clubs are the largest, most effective way we do a citywide bless initiative as a church. In other words, we have uh, more than 150 students, junior high, senior high, and college, who will go all around the city each day to put Christ on display in front yards. They will have a great time with kids. Kids will enjoy games. They'll tell their stories. They'll tell the God gospel story. They'll teach them the scriptures. It is a phenomenal time in front yards all over Jacksonville. And our students do a home run job of putting Jesus on display. They do an awesome, awesome job. Yeah. Every year, we get feedback from folks who are not part of this church, but watch our students and go, wow, that is so good what we see those students doing. So, uh, our students, we have more than 150 already signed up for this summer. Did you hear that? More than 150 already signed up for this summer. So, what is it that they need from us? Yeah. Very simply, they need a yard. They need a host home. We are asking the Lord for 84 front yards this year so that each day in 84 front yards around Jacksonville, Christ will be put on display by our students and the gospel declared. Now you may go, well, first of all, how many of you have a, a front yard? Yes, I'm, I'm reeling you in here. Don't resist. How many of you have a front yard? All right. Yeah. yeah you have, most of you have a front yard, a water hose. We can help you if you don't have a water hose. And uh, you could find some snacks, because kids love snacks. You know, that's what we need from a host home. Somebody who would say, I'll open up my front yard, and I'll hook up a water hose, and I'll have snacks ready for kids. And, and, and don't miss this. And then I will say to our neighborhood, come to my front yard. Come to my front yard. You'll do the, the invitation. If you will do the invitation, folks will come, and those students will show up and do a home run job. How many of you have hosted a power-up club in your front yard? Let me see your hands. All right. Keep your hands up. Look around. Look around. How many of you, with your hands up, if you did it more than once, keep your hand up? All right. Lost a few? These are the folks that you went. They did it twice. Twice. Either they're crazy or I should find out why they didn't just do it once, seriously. Why'd they do it twice? Why'd they do it again? So right back here, some families. If you are thinking, I have a front yard and I wanna be a blessing to my neighborhood, and I think most of you do. I wanna be a blessing to my neighborhood and I would love to see families gathered in my front yard because as the kids are playing, you know what mom and dad do? Yeah, they they pull up chairs, and you have a great time to to talk with one another and watch, and they'll listen in to what the students are sharing in terms of their testimony. So it, it comes down to it. We have the students. We need the front yards. So here's what we're asking you to do. You can either go to our website and click there on being a host home, back there on the bar at the back of the center, we have a, one of those things that you can take a picture of, QR code. I knew I was going to go blank on that. We have a QR code if you want to take a picture of that, or if you're old school and you just want to take a card and say, here's my name and my contact information, I want to host, we will get in touch with you. But let's not draw this out. Lord has blessed us to be a blessing. So uh, let's give more than 84 front yards to choose from so that we can spread, be spread out all across Jacksonville. Okay? So our students are ready. Let's make sure that we give them a, a place to do their thing. And then before we jump into the scriptures, um, I do want to remind us. That central to our faith is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And so, there are few times that we stand here and say, please come. That we would say, this is something not to be missed. It's simply because at the core of our faith is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So, whether it's next Thursday night, at seven, or if you want to come on Friday to the Good Friday service, uh, I know life gets busy and you get a pretty Florida evening, and you're like, uh, I've been there, I know that feeling, and then I remind myself, I have staked my entire life in eternity on a historical fact of Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection on my behalf, and, and this is the time where we will come together to specifically give attention to that. So would you prioritize a Thursday or Friday to come and remember Jesus' death on our behalf? And then, of course, on Sunday. And Tony mentioned, and I think maybe you just heard it as a mention, when we say the largest crowds come at 930, we mean the largest crowds come at 930. So please if at all possible, come to eight o'clock or 11 o'clock, either one, either the outer hours, because we will absolutely be slammed at 930. So if you could do us that favor, that would be huge. Now, one year we said this and we got slammed at eight (laughs) o'clock. Bless us again with that problem. All right. Just bless us again with the 8 o'clock slam. So if you can, come to 8 o'clock or 11 o'clock. And there will still be plenty. Trust me. You're not going to find that, oh, we all went, nobody came to 930. I guarantee you, we will not be in a situation where nobody came at 930. All right? Let's turn to a book in the Bible that, uh, the last book in the Bible. We rarely turn here. Uh, for our primary text, but this is our primary text tonight. We're going to look at Revelation chapter 2, the first seven verses, and here's why. Chapter 2 and chapter 3 of the book of Revelation is composed of letters to seven distinct churches. And the first of the seven is, is a letter to the church at Ephesus. And so, if you've been with us, we have been for 55 weeks, distinct Sundays and Thursdays, in the book of Ephesians. And we, so we have very carefully, for a year and a half almost, gone through looking at what the Apostle Paul wrote to this church. And now, we get in Revelation 2 another letter. And it's roughly 40 years after the church has been born. And I think I have a a, a special ear for this because uh, we are beyond, we're between 40 and 50 years as a church since this church, Christian Family Chapel, was born. And I think as we read, you're going to go, wow, There are some similarities to the church at Ephesus and the church Christian Family Chapel. And I want us to hear what the Lord has to say to them with an ear specifically to say, Lord, what are you saying to us? The church in Mandarin called Christian Family Chapel. So uh, let me read the first seven verses for us. You can follow along. Give you a, an outline of what you're going to see. You're going to see a commendation, and then you're going to see a reprimand, and then you're going to see a warning, followed by a plea. To the angel of the church at Ephesus, write, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden stand, lampstands, says this. So who is going to set, who's doing the speaking here? Who is the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands? Okay, this is not the Apostle Paul. This is not the Apostle John. This is Jesus writing to the church at Ephesus, 40 years into their existence. Here's what he says. I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance, and that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you put to the test those who call themselves apostles, and they're not. And you found them to be false. And you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first. Or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. Yet this you do have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So before we look at it more directly, give an ear to hear. Because that's what he's going, If you've got an ear to hear. So bow with me and uh, it's really your heart before the Lord in this moment. You could fool me, you're not going to fool him. But I would invite you to say, Lord, I, I don't want to turn my ear away from what you would have to say. I want to have an ear to hear. Certainly been my prayer and the meditation and study of this passage, Lord, that that I'd have an ear to hear, and that we as your church, Christian Family Chapel, would have an ear to hear that we would overcome. So speak to us, Lord. Not only to us corporately, speak to our hearts individually that we would reflect the beauty of you, our Savior, and the greatness of your Lordship in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, he starts with a commendation. What's he say way to go for? His way to go is simply this. You'll see it unfold. His way to go is you have protected the truth. You have guarded and maintained the truth. Way to go. This is their paddle in the back. Good job. Well done, church at Ephesus. You have protected the truth. He said in verse 2, I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil men. So, how did they protect truth? Their protecting of truth was first their refusal to tolerate evil in the church. They protected truth by refusing to tolerate evil in the church. You might think, well, of course, every church would do that. Actually, not by a long shot. In fact... One of the churches in the New Testament, the Church of Corinth, Paul writes to them because of their failure in tolerating evil men. He said to them, it's actually reported that there is immorality among you and immorality of such a kind as does not exist even among the Gentiles that someone has his father's wife. You have become arrogant and have not mourned instead so that the one who had done this deed would be removed from your midst. You see, Paul says very clearly, if the church is going to be the church that honors Jesus, if the church is going to be the bride of Christ that strives to live with purity and protecting of truth, then when there is evil and sin happening in the church, it cannot be it can't be tolerated, it can't be ignored, we can't look the other way. And what were they doing in Corinth? They were patting themselves on the back saying, Aren't we great? Because we don't speak against, we don't take action against those who practice evil, immoral things. And Paul says, that's not right. That's not what the church is intended to be. Second, or excuse me, 1 Corinthians 5 goes on. I wrote you in my letter not to associate with immoral people. And then he makes this qualification. I did not at all mean with the immoral people of this world or with the covetous and swindlers or with idolaters, for then you would have to go out of the world. So he's going, yes, the world is full of those so- sorts of folks. And I'm not saying don't associate with them that's impossible so what is he saying But actually, I wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he is an immoral person or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or a swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders, those outside the family of God? Do you not judge those who are within the church? But those who are outside, God judges. Remove the wicked man from among yourselves. Now, maybe you didn't know the Bible said that. The church at Ephesus did. And Jesus, 40 years in, says, way to protect the purity of the bride of Christ by not tolerating Evil, sinful practices going on within the church. And I could simply acknowledge that it is a precious few churches in Jacksonville who would do what the church of Ephesus did. And I'm grateful to say CFC is a church that would do what Paul told the Corinthians to do. Now, have we been identified and labeled as unkind? Yes. Unloving? Yes. Scuffed at? Who would do such a thing? And the New Testament says clearly, this may be new to you. The New Testament says clearly, where there is a brother In Christ, not a person who's outside of Christ, but a person who is professing to be in Christ and living in continual unrepentant sin. You can't tolerate it, church. It has to be addressed. And to the church of Ephesus, he says, What? Good job. Well done. You have protected the purity of the bride of Christ by not tolerating evil man. Second, he says, you've protected truth by exposing false teaching and false teachers. They protected the church by identifying false teaching and false teachers. We see that in the same verse, second part of verse 2 and you put to test those who call themselves apostles and they are not and you found them to be false counterfeit not true to the gospel and it's exactly what's interesting here is this is exactly what Paul had told them when the church was born in the book of Acts, that this is exactly what would happen and they needed to be alert to. And 40 years later, Jesus is saying to them, well done. Paul had warned them, I know that after my departure, Acts 20, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears to stay in truth. And you have... Perseverance and, oh, excuse me. I went on to Revelation 2. Is there false teaching in our current world? Yeah, I mean, we are exposed to more information than we could ever process. And increasingly, our experience is this. People have heard the gospel, but they've heard the gospel, and then they've heard other things that are close to the gospel, but not quite the gospel. And then they've heard other things that are even greater distortion of the gospel, and they've thrown it all into the bucket, and now that's what they believe. Or that's what they would teach. And so to the church at Ephesus, he says... You've stayed true to the truth because when people tried to present a false gospel, whether that was a gospel of works, not a gospel of grace, or a gospel where of license you could do whatever you pleased, false gospel. The church at Ephesus stayed true to the teachings of Scripture to the truth of the gospel. And he says, and you have had perseverance in doing this and have adored for my name's sake and have not grown weary. So they protect truth by refusing to tolerate evil men, by exposing false teaching, and by not growing weary of doing good. Okay, personal moment. You ever grown weary of doing good? I have sometimes I feel like you're just constantly pushing uphill. And he says to him and this is quite this is quite an encouragement from Jesus. 40 years in and you're still at it. Well done. Not a sprint. Not a quick blow up and then fold over, but endurance and perseverance in protecting truth. And then he said in verse six, yet this you do have that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. You know what they were? The deeds of the Nicolaitans, you know what they were? Yeah, I don't either. And no one else does either. You can read all you want and all there would be is guesses of what was specific. What do we know? We know this. They were deeds that Jesus hated. And he commends them for saying, I love when you hate what I hate. That's a strong word, folks. It's not to be missed that we ought to ask ourselves, do we hate the evil practices that Jesus hates. They protected truth by refusing to tolerate evil men, by exposing false teaching, by enduring and not growing weary, and by hating sinful practices. When Paul left Ephesus, he left a young guy named Timothy there to continue to lead the church. And Paul then writes to Timothy, later on, who is there pastoring at Ephesus. He says to him, Paul to Timothy, pastor in Ephesus. So put this together. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious, gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. This is quite the list, is it not? (laughs) And it's talking about a commentary on our day. You feel like you could watch this on the news holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, do what? Avoid. Avoid. That's Paul to Timothy, the church at Ephesus. And what's Jesus say? Good job. There's evil practices going on, and you have not become party with them. You have not begun to walk with them. You've not begun to act like them. You've not begun to accept that as acceptable behavior. They continue to abhor what God abhors. And so we get this, a 40-year report card. Remember report cards? Maybe that's a good experience for you. Maybe that's a bad memory for you. But uh, they get their report card 40 years in, A-plus, refusing to tolerate evil men. A-plus for exposing false teaching. A-plus for enduring and not growing weary. A-plus for hating sinful practices. Great a place, right? And you're like, this is so good. You know, this is being read. This is Jesus giving them A-pluses. And then out of nowhere, I get an F. What? Can you imagine? We've done this. We've done this. We've done this. We've done. How could we get it? What? What else could we have possibly done in protecting truth? Well, what's the F for? Ever getting a bad grade? We're like, what's the F for? Or maybe you knew. What's the F for? But I have this against you. You've left your first love. You've done all the right things, except you haven't done them with love. You've continued to the right things, but you have a lack of love. And so, as we write this down, remember, we've prayed, Lord, give us ears to hear. I think we have to ask ourselves, as a church... Is there a word for the Lord for us in our commitment to protect truth, our commitment to protect the purity of the body of Christ, that our commitment to uphold what is right and abhor what is evil? Yeah, I think that's all true of CFC. And if that's all true of CFC... If I think we would get, maybe not A pluses, but I think we get a, a good way to go from Jesus on those things, then I think we have to ask ourselves, friends, is it possible that in doing all the good that they did, are we failing in the same way they failed? Are we protecting truth, but missing the most excellent way, because that's what the Scripture calls love, the most excellent way. Above all, beyond all, that's the language the Scripture uses of love. And so, all the A pluses suddenly get tainted dramatically because... We miss the heart. It's like you give Josh a brand new truck and he washes it, waxes it, vacuums it, but never changes the oil. Pretty truck. <laughs> that don't run so good. What would you think about that? Think, I'm glad you're washing it, but you gotta, you gotta change the oil. It's the lifeblood, if you will, of the vehicle. Not the seats, but the oil. And Jesus simply says, by this all men will know, you're my disciples if you protect the truth. Oh, no. This is, pretty, this is a good word to us. All men will know you're right, if you have love one for another. Now, don't misunderstand me. Am I minimizing their protection of the truth? Absolutely not. Jesus was like, way to go. But to do it apart from love, is to miss the heart of Jesus, the heart of being the church as God intended the church to be. So what do you do? He says, therefore, remember from where you have fallen. You've left your first love. What do we do with that? Well, remember. Now, what does this tell us about their past? Remember from where you have fallen. What's that tell you about their past? That they had once been a loving community. There had been once a upholding of truth, the protecting of truth, the exposing of false teaching, and love. And somewhere along the line in those 40 years, four things stayed on the shelf, and one of them fell off love. So remember from where you have fallen. If you go back <clears throat> to remembering, this is where we start. Remember, remember, remember. It's like, it's like this. You've been married 40 years, and you're as committed as ever to your spouse But there's not love. There's commitment, but there's not love. And there's like, remember what you used to do. Like what? Like open the door. Like write a note. Like as Frost is always trying to get people to kiss longer than how many seconds? Eight seconds. Because once you've been married 40 years, you don't kiss beyond three seconds, right? No, see, that's it. You go, that's so embarrassing. No, I don't want a demonstration. (laughs) Nor does Rosie. (laughs) But thanks for offering. You remember. Have you ever thought? For some of you who've been married a long time, you ever think back and and remember, remember when you were first in love? How you went out of the way. How you could hardly think about anything else. How you were consumed with that relationship, and it dictated how you planned. And what you did, I hope that helps you. Because that's exactly what Jesus is saying to us. I'm glad you're committed. And I'm glad you're loyal. And I'm glad you're diligent. And I'm glad you protect. But remember how you loved me. And remember how you loved one another. In the first chapter, when Paul writes them, you may remember this. For this reason, I too, having heard of the, f- of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you and your love for all the saints. See, when he writes them years before Jesus writes them, he's gone. Hey, you guys got a reputation and your reputation is your faith in the truth and your love for one another. And now Jesus is saying 40 years later you got this reputation of your f- faith and confidence and commitment to the truth but the love has fallen off so remember where you've fallen and repent remember and repent remember And then change your mind. Repent, change your mind, change your way of thinking. What 40 years in had become their way of thinking? Protecting the truth is enough. Abhorring wrong is enough. Doing what they were doing was enough. Change your thinking that this is pleasing when it's apart from love. Change your thinking. Change your mind. Repent of that. And do the deeds you did at first. See, this is so simple and so good. Remember. Remember back... Remember the life that was happening in the church in Ephesus? Remember how you took care of one another when persecution was happening? Remember how you met one another's need when you had enough more than you needed and you shared with other people? Remember that? Do it again. Be more than simply a church that protects truth. Be a church that protects truth and... Loves. Do the deeds that you did at first. Remember, repent, and return. If you were here last week, the final two verses in the letter that Paul wrote years earlier to this church was be at peace with the brethren and love with faith. And we went back and looked at how did he tell them to love one another in practical ways. And we won't go back and look at the text again. We looked and we saw from the text that he said we love one another by being truthful, by being kind, by being helpful, and by being Forgiving that's all in the text there in Ephesians 4 of how they would practically love one another and what were they doing truthful yeah that's the one they were they're like yep you're still living the truth defending the truth protecting the truth exposing the false abhorring you're doing you're doing that one But in some way, this was the one they were doing in kindness and helpfulness and forgiveness. The deeds they had once done. Jesus says, I'm not seeing it anymore. So this is, a, this is a challenging text, isn't it? It's a challenging text to, to look within our own hearts and go, am I doing the right things? That's important. Again, don't hear me dismissing the four A-pluses they got. <laughs> are we doing the right things? And are we doing them? In the right way. Because you can protect truth. And not be loving. Or you can protect truth. And be loving. And you can hate. Sinful practices. And be unloving. Or you can hate sinful practices. And be loving. You can. Hate sinful practices. And still be kind. Helpful and forgiving without sacrificing truth. So it's a word to us, church. Are we doing the right thing? Are we doing it in the right way? Are we standing in truth and for truth? And are we loving In the process, they had lost their love. And so he says, Do three things. What? First, remember. Remember, and then repent. Change your mind, and then return to doing the things you did at first. See, I don't know your personal journey. But I wonder when you think about when you first started walking with Jesus, you may not have been super mature in the truth. But you may have been actually far more loving and helpful. Ready to praise the Lord. Ready to boldly declare how Jesus had changed your life ready to rearrange the priorities of your life for growing in your relationship with Jesus, that that you couldn't get enough of getting up in the morning and reading the scriptures and, and then sharing them with others and then just, I don't know your journey, but maybe somewhere, sometime over time, that delight turned to discipline and then turned to absence. And we need to remember and repent in return. Or else, <laughs> and that's exactly what Jesus says to him, or else. Or else, I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place. Unless you repent. <laughs> Unless there's a change of mind and, and repentance, by the way, is, is a change of mind that's demonstrated by then new deeds. That's why he says, repent and then do what you used to do. Or else I'm coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place. What's he saying? Repent or or cease to be. I'm gonna remove your lampstand. Then I began to ask myself, is that really what he's saying? Remove it? Cease to be? But then I go, no, I actually, I could look all across our own city, let alone the whole nation, and see that there are plenty of churches who have abandoned one or the other, abandoned truth, and they continue to to be, or they've abandoned love, and they continue to, to be. So, when he says, I'm going to remove the lampstand, churches who don't reflect Jesus still exist. But what do they cease to be? They cease to be light. What's a lampstand for? light. They cease to be light. Can a church continue to exist in a community but cease to be light? Yeah. Is it it a possibility that, that Christian Family Chapel could stay here and continue to exist but lose its light? Yes. Yes. The church at Ephesus continued to exist but it lost its purpose for existing. Jesus said, I am the light and you are the light. And we, when we cease to reflect the truth of Jesus and the love of Jesus, we can continue to be, but we cannot continue to be light. Unless you repent, yes, you'll cease to be light. So we want to be light because that's who we have been created to be. It reminds me that the measure of the health of a church is by how they shine in the dark. The measure of the health of Christian Family Chapel is how do we shine in this community? And and what does it take? Don't miss me here. And what does it take to shine? And truth. See, I'm very committed that you don't hear me dismiss their commitment to truth. What Jesus was burned by was their absence of Love. We are the church as God intended us to be when we live as a light in this community. That this community experiences the presence of God, sees the presence of God because we're here. People are blessed because we're here. People are helped because we are here. People experience forgiveness because we're here. People experience kindness because we're here and people get to experience and know truth because we're here and when we abandon such things the church can still stand we can still all come and we can still all go through our program but the light went out shining light requires very simple truth and love In every church, just like every individual has to ask themselves, is there truth in my life and a standing for truth, and is there love? Because where there's one and without the other, there's no light. So can CFC be Ephesus? This has been a very personal message. Can CFC be Ephesus? Yes. Okay, harder question. Have we been? That's a harder question than that. It? It's always easier to go. Uh, yeah, we could be. We could be. Yeah, we're not. We're not above that. We're not beyond that. But have we? have we become committed to truth but lacking in love? And I think the word for us is we as a church, Christian Family Chapel, are always in danger of being Ephesus. We are far more in danger of lacking love than we are in abandoning truth. Ask yourself that question. Where are you potential to be? Abandoning truth or lacking love? Because folks, we've been around now, coming on 50 years. Some of you have been walking with Jesus that long yourself? And you should ask yourself, as I should ask myself, the longer I walk with Jesus, is my love and truth increasing? Or is one of them beginning to slide off the shelf? It seems for Bible church people, that which is going to slide is love. We were founded on truth. We're going to hold the truth. But we're always in danger of speaking truth but lacking love.
1: So I'm going to ask the elders who are in the room to come up here right now and join me on stage. We thought it was appropriate at the end of this study of Ephesians and looking at this passage that we as a body go to the Lord in prayer. And so the elders, guys, come on up. We want to take this opportunity to lead us as a congregation in prayer to see if we are staying in the center of the road. We can get in a ditch we can get in the truth ditch or the love ditch, but as a church, we need to be that perfect balance because the scripture says that's what Christ was, a perfect balance of grace and truth. So uh, if you don't know, the elders up here are Brett Johns, Dave McKee, John Adams, Eric Foster, and James Purser. And so we're going to lead in prayer. Um, you should have on the screens here. I will read the ones in white, and you as a body will respond, if, it's that, if that's your heart, to the yellow. And we're going to walk through this as a time of prayer uh, to evaluate our hearts, and then we will uh, in- include and conclude in song. So if you would, join me standing as as we pray and then if it's your heart you'll respond to yellow. Father in heaven, we declare your son to be our savior and the rightful head of Christian Family Chapel. Jesus, we remember your perfect love for us on the cross. We rejoice that though we were guilty before the father and deserving of his wrath, you became sin for us and gave us your perfect righteousness. Jesus, we receive your word of correction to us. We humbly acknowledge that our commitment to do right and defend truth has at times been absent of love. We confess that in refusing to tolerate evil, we have too frequently neglected pursuing the lost. We confess that while hating sinful deeds, we have too often overlooked and ignored the broken and needy. Jesus, as your body here on earth, we will again lift up our eyes to see the needs of those who have you have placed around us. And as you have blessed us, we will bless others. By the power of the indwelling spirit, we will take steps of faith to lovingly pursue the lost, lovingly help the hurting, lovingly grieve with the grieving, and lovingly admonish the unruly until we all obtain the measure of the stature which belongs to your fullness. sing Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your word today, Lord. We do want to constantly be evaluating our heart, Lord. We do know that truth, your truth, is actually loving when we seek to apply it in love and to seek to bless our neighbors. Continue to show us, Lord, through the mirror of your word, how we can become more and more like you. In Christ's name.
2: we look to the cross and we celebrate what that means for us. God bless. We'll see you then.